Hi, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to season two of Opera After Dark. Yay! Yay! So we're back, baby. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a good summer. Good, relaxing summer. Thank you, everybody, for keeping in touch with us on Facebook and wanting to know when we're coming back. And Twitter. And Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's nice to feel so loved. And uh, here we are. We have a a special treat for you today. But before we launch into that, if you are listening for the first time, we thought we'd take a moment to just tell you a little bit about what Opera After Dark is. Obviously, you're listening to a podcast, and it is all about real and ridiculous stories from across music history. We like talking about all kinds of different types of music, not just opera, though it's opera heavy, Mm -hmm. admittedly. (laughs) Says it in the title. Heavy right. with, with opera. Mm. Yes. But then uh, also, we are a group of three, so so that you know who we are and who which voice belongs to whom. I'm Naomi. I'm Elspeth. And I'm Kyle. And the three of us like to indulge in getting together, drinking lots of wine or margaritas or whatever themes well with our dinner of that day. <laughs> And talk about some of our favorite music or crazy stories we've come across, lives of composers, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever we feel like and that the, we think might be entertaining for you. Right, and we do have the occasional fantasy casting where we cast operas based off of random pop culture series, movies, other things, books. That's right. And as I said, a special treat today for anybody that doesn't know um, Outlander is coming back for season three this Sunday. And so in honor of that, we have a special treat that we've been saving for a long time where we fantasy cast Outlander. Right. And for anybody who for anybody who doesn't doesn't know, Outlander is a, <laughs> is a TV show that's based off of a book series by Diana Gabaldon uh, that takes place. It's like a time traveling story i haven't read the books but i do watch the show <laughs> time traveling story romance right right it takes place sure. in, in scotland mm-hmm. uh starting in like the mid 20th century but then goes back to the mid 18th century sure something Sounds like about that right round the boots <laughs> right naomi <laughs> right mm-hmm. that's right also if you're new <laughs> naomi's still canadian <laughs> I will always be Canadian. Still Canadian. <laughs> right. Yes. Also, uh, now that season two has started, we are going to be coming out with new episodes pretty much every week uh, moving forward. So you can look forward to next week's episode, which will be a preview, a look at operas that are happening in the seventeen eighteen season around the world and ones that we wish we could travel to if we could go anywhere, anytime. Well... Without too much more jib-jab, shall we just jump into the episode? Let's jump right into the episode. Here it is, Outlander Fantasy Casting, and welcome to Season 2.
Beautiful. You have no idea how disgusting this thing is. <laughs> Super spitty. Ooh, it's not that was that. a good effort, all. <laughs> you can see in, like spots. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now. <laughs> We are doing a fantasy casting of Outlander. Piper impression. Thank you, Kyle. Mm -hmm. I can do that because I am technically half Scottish, so it's not you offensive are. to anybody. I am. You are. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so we all, any of us that have read and or watched mm -hmm. the show Outlander. It's great. Know that it would make for a good opera. Mm -hmm. It would. And it's not like the Scottish culture and country have not been... Uh, used before as operatic subjects, Rossini did it. Therefore, True. there was a period of time when Sir Walter Scott was writing his novels, where it was sort of Scotland mania. Everything had to be about Scotland. So. In Italy, it was Scotland. In Italy, Scotland, <laughs> Scotland mania in, in Italy. Italy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. England, pretty much. Never been a fan. Yeah, not big fans. Never been a fan. Anyway, we don't have to go into that right now. Mm -hmm. um, the way we structured this is that we have a list of main characters that we're going to cast, and then we each have our own listing of secondary caster, cast the members that we're going to go rogue on. So we're going to jump right into it. And um, we haven't discussed this amongst ourselves yet, so right. you're hearing us revealing our thoughts to each other for the first time. For the first time. So we're going to jump right into it with Jamie. I had a really difficult time. Casting this role, James um, Fraser, Lord Broch Turach. Yes, <laughs> Broch Turach. I'm not even going to attempt it. My Scottish accent is really terrible. Um, what? But you have the source material. It's so bad. The only thing I can do are those couple lines from Braveheart. <laughs> okay. You can take my land, but you can't take my freedom. No, he's like, I love you. Always have. <laughs> Always will. <laughs> Well, that's sweet. That's is that because you say it to someone? No, that's just that like the limit of my ability with the Scottish accent. <laughs> that's nice. All right, so James Fraser. Um, I had a question mark by my casting. I put uh, Piotr Bechshala because oh. I couldn't think of anybody. Oh. oh, I had him for someone else. Well, who were you thinking for Jamie? Okay, so I also had a really hard time with this, so I tried to guide my thinking. I was like, well, first of all, is he a tenor in my mind, or is he a baritone mm -hmm. or a bass? Mm -hmm. Or is he a countertenor, to be fair, right? right? And so for me, I just really felt like he had to be a baritone. Okay. I don't know why. Oh. Yeah, and so no, then I, I went to the Googles, and I mm -hmm. put in... Uh, hot baritones. Fair. <laughs> and of course, the Barry Hunks blog. Yeah, I was going to say, did you go to Barry Hunks? Yeah. I did go to Barry Hunks. And so I actually based this entirely off of looks. Fair. But both Gordon Bintner and Duncan Rock were really fine looking baritones. I that have, could, I'm unfamiliar with no these gentlemen. I have no idea who those people are. I know, but I, to be fair, have not heard either of them sing. But I'm just going to assume, based on their very good looks, that. They would, great singer. they would sound great. And okay. so then they could pass as a good Jamie. Uh, well, Kyle, who are you thinking? Oh, the terrible thing is that in, in doing these this casting, and I'll just put it out there 
everybody should know, regardless of when this is released, we have already recorded a Game of Thrones fantasy casting. Yes. That's something that we have recorded. Whether or not it will be released before this, who knows. Mm -hmm. But I, f I feel like I just have people that I really like, and I just always go back to them. That's mm -hmm. fair. Who are you going um, back to for Jamie? Well, I just feel like Jonas would make an awesome Jamie. Look at his hair. Okay. Look at his just physique. He's like he's like a good to go. He's like hair? a. I guess. I just mean like he's a. He's it's like a, a man. You know, he's not yeah, like a. Yeah, but he's not that tall. Oh really? Well, that you know, I haven't seen him live, so. I, don't I just know, remember but I feel seeing like he could him do it. standing next to Ava Maria Westbrook, and she was much taller than him. And I was like, "Oh, she's a is... tall woman." That's true. Well, that's very interesting because she actually. Did she make your list? Made on your list? Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Well, I just have to say that I am behind the whole idea of Jonas as Jamie because he does have the baritonal quality. Exactly, Fair. and I oh, feel like like okay. the big right. dramatic quality too. Mm -hmm. Like somebody like Jamie needs to have like some epic, like huge voice. Music, mm -hmm. and I think that Jonas could do that. Also, I just want to say right now that I would like to get into some of the either as we go or after we do the casting, get into some of the like um, maybe production elements of sure. like Ooh, what yes. an Outlander opera would look like, or okay. or like you know would it be a three-hour opera or would it be like a cycle or mm. what what would that look like because. I don't know. Sure, it's let's finish uh, the casting stuff up <laughs> right. and then we'll like double back fine, and do that. Fine, awesome. Fine. So I guess you guys are down with Kaufman. Mm -hmm. I kind of want Bechtala, but that's this is where we've landed on that. I, well, saved, why don't you, I saved him for something else. Yeah, so why don't we jump, because we don't necessarily need to go in order, why don't we hear where Naomi sure. has Bechtala? So I put, he was one of my rogue characters, like mm -hmm. the secondary characters. I thought he would make an adorable and wonderful Roger. I had Paul Appleby as Roger. Oh, I had Paul Appleby as what? So, did you cast Roger? No, and that's I haven't read the books. So, oh. I'm only <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm only show deep on okay. this one. But you should have in the show. Roger's in the show already. No, he's not. Oh, he yes, just he, he just came into I don't yeah, yeah. know enough about Roger to Okay. But you think Oh, you think? I think Yoda Bechtala would make an hmm. adorable Roger. I, I'm sticking to my guns on the Paul Appleby front. I think Paul he'd Appleby also would be pretty be great. good, especially yeah. because I think he's a good pair with who I picked for Brienne. Okay. Would you like to tell us about that? Who'd you pick for Brienne? Nadine Sierra. Oh. I think it's a good choice. And also, she is pretty tall, and mm -hmm. Brienne is supposed to be That's very right. tall. I picked Deanna Damrau for Brianna. Oh. But I didn't oh, think Brianna, of the height. excuse me. Brienne, Brianna. So were bad. you guys in the just bit of the show that we've seen, Brienne, Brianna, are you guys, as people who have read the books, happy with that depiction? Because my better half, who has read all the books, was not particularly happy. I have no real opinion. <laughs> she, I can say Fair that enough. she didn't match my imagined version right. of her, but I mean, that's not saying much. Right. So. And also, all that we've seen of her is being like a super whiny teenager. Yeah. That's and true. So that's hard. I think she's got it, room to grow, I think. Actually, yeah. one of the chief complaints that I remember from dear Olivia, my mm -hmm. fiance, um, was she was she said that in the books that that character was like in engineering major or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I think And then, so. like, in the later books, that, like, really comes into play. 
but in the show, I think they made her like a lit major or something like that. That I totally changes. Okay, I'm over Sorry. my head. I'm over my head anyways because I, ha I haven't read the books. So. Well, do we want to jump back and talk about Claire, who I think yes. is the most important character? Uh, yes, the cha. most important character. Yeah. Really hard to cast because of that. Right. Who were you thinking, Naomi? Okay, so I'm going to share my first two thoughts, mm -hmm. and then I have a special thought I'm going to save for after everyone else shares Oof. Claire, because I had a third person that I thought would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Initially, I thought I was kind of stuck on like the being able to play the part of a real woman, mm -hmm. not like a young girl, not like an ingenue, but also just like incredibly powerful, but also being able to show vulnerability and weakness and that sort of thing. So I thought either Christine Gerke or Sandra mm. Radvanovsky oh, would both make good Claire's. Interesting. Yeah, I think right. Sandra Radvanovsky is a great choice. Um, my pick, because I feel like there's an inherent sort of Britishness about here about her, was um, the British soprano Kate Royal, oh, who I yeah. think also physically looks a lot. At least like Claire, she's depicted in the TV show, right? Less the books, but my pick was Kate Royal. Mm. I'm unfamiliar with Kate Royal. But I'll look up um, that picture I'll and you can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who were you well, thinking of Claire? I mean, once again, I just went back to people that I like the most. Did you put your girlfriend down? Maybe. <laughs> she also looks the part. I mean, look at her. Look at her. I have to agree with Kyle that Thank she's you. visually perfect for that role. Visually perfect. And she has a wonderful instrument. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Kate Royal. Yeah. I, but Isabel Leonard, for those of you who don't know who my operatic right. creepy stalker okay. um, crushes. Crush. <laughs> I think she would be great. And also, I don't think that that role necessarily needs to be a soprano. I do agree That's with true. you on that. And this leads to my, my point where at first I thought, I, because I had trouble thinking of someone initially, I thought, mm -hmm. well, what voice type do I think she is? And immediately I went to mezzo. That's fair. I think Claire is a mezzo. And but... so there's one mezzo I can think of who I think would be perfect. Elspeth Davis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. She's half Scottish. Aww. Half Scottish. She looks the part. That's She's really got the perfect hair, the perfect sound. Sweet. Stop it. And she'd get to sing with some Barry Hunk in my. I know. I was going to say, who yeah. would you pick for your own Jamie? The hottest baritone that oh, I could nice. find. Um, <laughs> although, honestly, I think mezzo and tenor is a really nice. That's yeah. true. You and Jonas would sound gorgeous. Jonas. And I would be shorter than Jonas because I am quite short. Right. <laughs> Perfect. 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 Moving on. Um, so Blackjack slash Frank, of course, will be played by the same person. And right. I cast this immediately. This is very easy for me. No. I put a Simon Keenly side. Oh, that's so good. I think he's a, a, really he's a great one. actor, great look. I think that he would be perfect. Shoot. I agree. What'd you guys have? So I, for some reason, got stuck on Blackjack slash Frank being a tenor, and so... Oh, yeah, I could see that. I thought I Paul Appleby... I think tenors can sound evil. I think it's yeah. much more interesting. I feel like Paul Appleby is so young-looking in the face, though. Yeah. You know? I also had as a backup Mikhail Petrenko. Mm. Um, but I wasn't 100% sure because to me, whenever I see him, he just screams Bluebeard, and so I right. can't get over it. But um, also, maybe Roberto Alagna? 
but mm. that could be interesting. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, Kyle, but I'm really think? on the Keenly side train now. I think it's just perfect. I do. I think I, do. I would like to change mine to Keenly side. But at the person that I had thought of of was the very nice guy that plays the very bad guys so well, Peter Matei. Yeah, I had him cast in something else. I wanted to give him a break and let him play a nice guy for once, and I oh, had really? him as Ian Murray. Who is... Jamie's sister, Jenny's <laughs> son. <laughs> right. Husband. Oh, that... Oh, you think... I'm thinking of young Ian. No, I'm thinking of... You're Man, thinking of father you Ian. Peg leg Ian. All over the place. <laughs> We've read the no, books. Jenny and Ian are my favorite characters. They're my favorite Oh, couple. they are? Yeah. They're adorable. They have such I a lovely relationship. That's a, as a book reader, I don't think that comes across in the show. As that's someone fair. who just mm-hmm. watches the show. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so it sounds like we've a unanimous decision on yeah, Keenly on side. Keenly so, side, you're cast. Yes. <laughs> Give us if, a call. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about these like we're casting them at a major right. house. Right. But it sounds like by majority then, right now we're thinking as Jamie is... Jonas. Jonas. Right. Who and is I, our Claire? I feel like you guys want Isabel Leonard and I want Kate Royal, so it's going to be Isabel Leonard. Because that's. I mean, I'm never going to argue with that. Fair enough. And mm-hmm. Simon Keeley side as Black Jack. Yep, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gellis Duncan. This was my, I mean, I'm, I just like barely remember this character from the. I'm not barely. What? But She's important. She's she is very important. important. But this was my Ava Maria. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. I put Deanna Damrau. I think that's they also both could be really good, though. I put mm. either Alina Garancha or oh. Barbara Hannigan, who I'm obsessed with. So I mean, Barbara Hannigan, again, as always, we said it in Game of Thrones. If there's any particular role that you are interested in... <laughs> Just give us a call. It's yours. <laughs> if you want to play Jamie, I'm fine with it. I mean... <laughs> Anything you want, it's yours. You're amazing. Imagine her with like a red wig or red hair. She would be. She would nail it as Gayless Duncan. Just I say Barbara Hannigan. <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go with Naomi on this. All right, so that's our cast. Barbara Hannigan. All right. Uh, Dougal. This I've had a really hard time with this one. This I, was the first one I cast. I also had Peter Matei for that one as well. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I put Renee Papa. Oh. Okay, yeah, that's fine. That would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm just going to agree with that. I feel like he could wear the sideways hat really well. He could wear the sideways hat. He could. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think we can stick. Um, What about Colin McKenzie? That one's even, I don't know, even harder for me. I I didn't have a... I had Eric Owens. Oh, that could work. You know what? That's really funny because when I was thinking about it, I uh-huh. thought of Eric Owens, but then, like, dismissed it. Like, I didn't know if it would be a good. Right, but if Eric and Renee is it too many base, too many bases. I don't know. No. They're like they're both like. All right. Well, I have a solution to that. Yeah. What? So this was the last one that I cast because I couldn't think of anybody, and then I thought, who could be in like any opera? Just, you know, be like the patriarch, Placido. Oh. <laughs> That would work. Right? Okay. <laughs> sure. I think, and I think depending on well. how we write the role, it can be sort of tenory, sort of baritone. 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 So. I shouldn't. 
<laughs> yeah, I just need to leave it. I just mean, and then it doesn't matter how he moves around the stage, because... Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Murtaugh. I had no one, because he is my favorite character. I know. And so I had a He's hard a time character. finding someone. I keep thinking of tenors, but then I feel like they're not well-suited. Right. I put Mariusz Kvich in. Oh. Just because I love like him. Too handsome. That's possible. Yeah. I was thinking more along the lines of, I don't know, someone who looks more weathered. I can't think of anybody on top yeah. of my head. You know what I'm saying. But if that's yeah. all we got, then that's who we got. Yeah. Maybe right. like a Jelko. He's kind of a... Yeah. He's a little, bit, he's a little bit, a bit swarthy. Is that the... Sure, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> We've also cast no Scottish singers in this, so I want to apologize to all of the Scottish. To all the Scottish out singers out there, we don't know who you are in this country. Like we said, we get stuck a little on the people that we like and that we know. I know. Yeah. Seriously, it's like the same people in my head all the time. Right. right. Some rogue characters. Yeah, go for it. Um, so Angus. Yeah. Angus and Rupert. And Rupert. So I didn't have a Rupert up my sleeve, but Angus, because I just saw this singer singing live, I think Renee Barbara would be an adorable Rupert. <gasps> adorable Angus. Oh, we have to find him a Rupert. Yeah. Oh, they're like they're besties. They're besties. Who would be a good Rupert? I feel like if you got a tenor, you need a bigger tone. Right. Right? Maybe. Maybe come back to you. <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah, maybe think come back to it. I'm just thinking. Okay, who else you got? Um, who else do I have? Oh, okay, I have a great Mrs. Fitz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's Mrs. Fitz? The housekeeper. The housekeeper in the castle. Yeah. Okay. She works in the kitchen and stuff too. She cooks and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not into it, I guess. She, I'm a, I'm she a might hate me fan. for this. I'm a boundary. What do you mean boundary? Don't fan? hate me. I, I like it, but I'm not like I don't know all this stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, uh, for some reason, this just got stuck in my mind. Karita Matala uh. <laughs> would be a great Mrs. Fitz. What about Federica von Stade? Oh, She'd be fantastic. Yeah. Nailed it. I think she should be in this because she's awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. She'd be great. That would be really good. That mm-hmm. would be really good. Who else you got? Okay, so this one is kind of foiled now because we've cast him elsewhere. But I also, I was looking at pictures of the Outlander TV cast. Mm-hmm. And then when as soon as I saw Fergus, I was like, it's a little Jonas Kaufman. Uh, <laughs> I thought it, like, I, I wanted to be able to cast Fergus, but I really think that it should be, like, a boy. Yeah. Like, I don't think it should be a pants roll. I think it should be a boy. Yeah. Totally. I mean, Fergus does become an adult. Later in the series, right? I mean, so I think Jonas right. would make a great adult Fergus, but he's, he's already so, cast like, now. So I know, but no, I, I see know. it. Yeah, it's it was more maybe it was just the hair. I got lost in the hair, mm-hmm. but I agree that I think it would be better casting wise to find an unknown boy. Just <laughs> so, right. boy. Mm-hmm. Search for a little boy. Um, did you have anybody else? I, I feel like none of our secondary characters have overlapped. That's true. Who, yeah, what, who, who did you have for secondary, secondary characters? characters? Um, I had 
Ned Gowan, the only lawyer in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as Gerald Finley. Oh, that's excellent. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord Grey, who is going to become a big deal later in the books, not a big deal in the TV show yet. I had Michael Fabiano. That's really good. I know, right? <laughs> and he also has his own series of spin-off novels, like novellas. You should read them. I'll let you borrow them. It's basically like Lord Grey solves crimes. Wow. I know. They're super fun. Um, I had Paul Appleby as Roger, Nadine Sierra as Brianna. Brianna, we're not, we're too lazy apparently to check the actual name of the character. <laughs> um, so I think it's Brianna. Uh, Leary. Oh, yeah. I Leary. have Lizette Orpesa. <laughs> oh, she would be very good. Right? She'd be very good. <laughs> yes. And then I had uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie as Anthony Rothcostanzo. That is so good. So that good. I'm not is familiar amazing. with Anthony Rothcostanzo. The countertenor? I was going to say, yeah. I, I just needed Bonnie Prince Charlie to be a countertenor. Yes. He did um, Mouse at the Met. Yeah. Who's Orlovsky. Oh. Who's in Enchanted Island. Thank you, James. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so good. He's an incredible Mark actor. Me, so Mark I think. Me. <laughs> Mock me. I think he'd be so good. Is um, he hateable? Oh, he. I think he could be. I think he could be. Yeah. He's a very good actor. That's good. I think he yeah. definitely could See, be. I feel like you have to just hate Prince Charlie a little bit. Totally. But you also have to kind of feel sorry for him a little bit. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, can he we doesn't ta- know what he's doing. Right. Can we talk about how this opera is going to like look? Well, did you have any be... secondary characters? That you... no. Okay, great. I go not, for it. I did not go above and beyond. <laughs> well, then why don't you kick us off with talking about your desired look and feel of Outlander the Opera? Yeah. Well, mind you, this is shaped by the fact that I've only seen the TV shows. That's okay. So far. But I think... It would be best to do like a, like a very long, like three act opera. opera? Just, just the like one. the first book. Just the one. Um, I think it'd be cool to go past that. I grant once again. I also I super hated the second book, so I'm gonna invite you on this one. Well, I feel like you could, since you're con- we're condensing so much story into three hours, mm-hmm. yeah. you could leave out the parts we hate, right? I mean, I hate France. Oh, I thought that France. Oh, I think France is a great part. Like that's a great second act. France. Mm -hmm. France. Come on. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Imagine if Zeffirelli did the France act. Yes. It would look stunning. That was such a huge part of the show. Was like all of the different costumes. (laughs) (laughs) You're just also aware of how much you hate it. I hate it in the books. Okay. So. Moving on. All right. <laughs> what, I want to hear more of your vision. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I don't have a full production model in my head. I just want to talk about it. I, I feel like we really need, like, Act One to capture, like, the misty, beautifulness mm-hmm. of Scotland. Yes. And so I don't know exactly how you do that, but I feel like it would involve a lot of, like, dry ice to make, like, the smogginess or I something. Think we should bring in scenic designer... Christine Jones, who has done a couple of things in this country, but 
I'm most excited about. She did the set design for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh, she did. <laughs> Part one and two. <laughs> coming to theaters in November, something like that. Yeah, probably coming to New York next year. Um, and it's amazing and inventive. Oh, no, I'm, I was thinking Fantastic Beasts. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Um, so Cursed Child is a lot of crazy inventive things that happen in real time on the stage, and I think that she would be amazing at that, so she'll figure it out. I'm not worried. Let's I think it'll be it. stunning. It'll be stunning. Great. Mm -hmm. Are we going to allow horses and animals in yes. this oh, opera? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Although, but you, I mean, people can't be like riding horses on stage, like running, like galloping horses. No, I think that they would just be like coming on from the wings and be right. like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Like a Jake Higgy? I feel like it leads leans more towards a Jake Higgy style of writing. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Can't we get the guy that worked on the film soundtrack to like collaborate? That's true. Oh, I, sure, I think that want. would be a really yeah. cool and also people just associate the T V soundtrack so much with it anyways. Like right. you would need all of those themes. Maybe. Yeah. He definitely needs to include the, the opening sky boat song. Do we have a lot of, I haven't paid attention to it, but did you, Naomi, I look at Naomi because I feel like she would really notice this. Do you notice any like different light motifs? Oh yeah, coming through for sure. In Outlander, <laughs> you do? For sure. <laughs> like Jamie and Claire have a motif. I think Claire and Frank have a motif. There's, there's a lot of them. Like you can, I'd have to yeah. go through and like, I'd have to hear it again because I haven't watched it in a while because the new season hasn't come out yet. Mm -hmm. and I'm all caught up, but um, you know, there's a lot in there. And nice. also, I know that the composer of the film soundtrack of the television soundtrack, he's like really into assigning different or having different themes, kind of almost like hidden or woven in like Easter eggs in the throughout the okay. the whole track. So the whole series but yeah so where so you want the the opera to be just the first book yes i think the first two books would be awesome all right also because then okay, the whole like disagree. spoilers the whole like jamie gets raped thing could be something that happens like that you just hear about right that you don't need to actually witness, witness. because i hated that that's fair. Yeah. I actually didn't watch it. I like that. I, I didn't either. Yeah, that yeah. episode mm -hmm. I just missed. But I think it would be really cool to do through the first two seasons, and it would be cool. Or sorry, first two books, and it would be cool if it ended like right at what's the name of the big battle? Culloden. This yes, just like massacre. That's very operatic, you know. It is, but it's not yeah. a very. Like cohesive it's not, ending. Well, it's not very conclusive. It's oh, right. on a cliffhanger. Like when she For realizes sure. that Jamie is still alive and she's got to go back. Yeah, but what if she didn't realize and it just ended with them just like, you know, saying goodbye. That's what I'm saying. And like yeah, he's going off to die. And like you miss. This the... is opera. Yeah, but the story doesn't end there. It's true. The story does not end there. Well, didn't you, Elspeth, didn't you tell me at a certain point that, like, the third book, like, they kind of go in threes? I feel threes? like the third book 
has enough of a conclusive ending that you can sort of stop there, which is what I did. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But how would that look in an opera? Could you do all three books in one opera? I feel like that would be a bit much. I think it'd be a bit much. Yeah. So, do we, so then we're into a, cat, a situation where we need multiple operas. A ring cycle situation, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's hard with these stories that literally go on for like five, six, seven books. Yeah. To think of how, because even like operatic timing already is hard because you can fit a lot less stuff that happens into an opera. Because you need like arias. The time you need, yeah. yeah, you need arias. You need like reflective time. You need, the, there's only so much that you can get delivered in that time frame. Yeah, but I'm talking about these situations where like you come into an act and there's things, you know how in operas there's things where like you're just supposed to know. Oh, yeah, and, like, you can pull a Verdi or a... Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's or, what I mean. Or, like, Tchaikovsky with Eugene Onegin. Like, you just... Like, the opera... just supposed to know what happens The opera team. starts, mm -hmm. and, like, a whole bunch of shit has already gone down before the opera even started. Right. And then you do that, basically, with each act. Where, like, in, in the in-between time, you come to find out at the, at the start of the new act that, like, oh, wow, all of this stuff went down. Maybe, but I feel like in the beginning of the book, all this interesting stuff happens where she goes through the stones and mm -hmm. ends up in a different time, and I feel like you can't really gloss over that. Maybe the some of the beginning stuff with Frank, but I guess you need to establish that she and Frank have a really solid relationship, or else there are no stakes right. for that character, at least in the, first, the story of the first book, because why is she getting back if we don't have any sort of investment in the relationship between Claire and Frank? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the whole, you get so invested in them kind of searching to find each other. Right, that's sort of across her time. motivation right. for like 800 pages. So if we're right. not invested in that, no one, we don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I feel like we could go on a, this for hours and hours you and know, hours. You know, I, I, I mean, we should probably wrap it up. Right. But you know what would be a really cool effect is when she has her flashbacks to World War II. Mm-hmm. In the opera, like where you, like everybody's on stage and it's Scotland in the 18th century or whatever else. Is mm -hmm. that the 18th century? Yeah. It is, yeah. 18th century. And then all of a sudden she has a flashback and like people come on stage and they're like World War II. That'd be cool. Get up and yada, yada, yada. I think it'd be like really... Like the lighting's different. Yeah. I think it'd be great to like break the fourth wall and have like the soldiers from World War II like run down the aisles in the audience and like oh, storm oh, the stage. Oh, that'd be cool. Then it becomes like jarring. Yeah. A little bit PTSD-esque. That'd be cool, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not quite that extreme, but... Well, not for the audience member, but, but like, like it, it immerses yeah. you in that whole... Yeah, that'd be cool. There's yeah. a lot to be done, but I... I think it would be a lot. You know, also might be a great composer of this is Kevin Putz. I'm not very I'm familiar not with Kevin I'm not super familiar Putz. either. Uh, What's he, his sound like? It's very um, romantic and super tonal, but he wrote um, Silent Night, which is that opera that's been done all mm. over the place about World oh, War yeah. I. Yeah, yeah. He just recently, I think it was, um, I think he wrote the music to The Shining. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. of opera. But he's a great composer. So if we're thinking of like our big historical composers, is there one that comes to mind that's like our Britain? Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Britain. I think his sound is innately British. Yeah. 
Well, if I'm going for like innately British sounding composers, for me, there's no one more British sounding than Rayfon Williams. But I don't know if yeah, I want him to write an opera. I think Britain. He wrote really interesting operas, very complex characterizations. And yeah, I think Britain. Okay, mm. that's a good that's choice. That's for me. What about you? Well, I, I'm just thinking of it as being like this big epic story. So I think about Wagner. Sorry, Elspeth. That's okay. Um, I, I mean, coming into my head are these like Bel Canto composers, but they don't. Even though they set two stories that are about Scotland, the music isn't reflective, so I don't think yeah. they would do a good job. But I, I think of like the romantic, like mm-hmm. very epic era. I, I was also thinking like romantic symphonic mm-hmm. sound. Mm. Maybe because we were just talking about Brahms not that long ago. I had Brahms, Brahms would be in my cool. head. Brahms would be really cool. He didn't really write opera, so I don't really know how he would do with that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I like the sound of his orchestra. Totally. Yeah. Berlioz would write a crazy... Oh, it'd be very epic. <laughs> it would be very epic, yeah. yes. Well, but... maybe one day we will see Outlander, the opera. Maybe. I think we would Composed be more... Composed by Kevin Potts. Who would write the libretto? Diana Gabaldon. Oh, yeah. There's, Who? there's no way she would not let... Uh, okay, okay. She would let then. anyone else do that but herself. Who is a graduate of my alma mater? Northern Arizona University just got to put it out there. There you go. And rep Very for nice. the Lumberjacks. So go Lumberjacks. Yes, here we go, Jacks. All right, and on that <laughs> note, <laughs> on the bit that nobody cares about. <laughs> nobody but Kyle. Um, as always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe if you're not a subscriber. Yeah. Um, visit us at www.operaafterdark.com, and we will see you later. Yeah, and go into iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen and leave some sort of review. Yeah, we love reviews. Yeah, you can tell ones. us. Yeah, you can tell us. You know, whatever you like about. You know. As long as it it's sucks. good. Oh no no yeah, make sure it's good. Or if you, there's a certain topic you want to hear about, shoot us an email. Definitely. Absolutely. Any of our first names at operaafterdark.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we'll get that info and we'll see what we can do. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Mary of soul, she sailed on a day over the sea to sky. Below and Departing Scottish. Scottish greeting? Not to my knowledge. Hmm. Bye, Jamie. I hope you don't die in the Battle of Culloden. <laughs> you don't. You don't. <laughs> You're good. No You're worries. Fine. You live a long time. <laughs> do your quote you one more time. Like 16th. <laughs> I love you. Always have. Always <laughs> have. <laughs> Sorry, do it one more time and I won't laugh in the middle. No. <laughs> I love you. Always have. Always will. I'm going to say this one phrase in, I think it's Gaelic. It's, you can't day off if you've knocked day off we.
I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> My mom told me once, and now I don't remember. <laughs> Really quick of it. Of just the... Well, let me just hold on. Let me. Oh, you got to blow for me to practice. <laughs> that is the point of this instrument. <laughs> Okay, I know. 